0: Hey, everybody. Hello. I'm Roland, but you don't care about me. You care about Dave Olson, veteran podcaster, who is going to give us uh, three Ps of podcasting. And I'm just playing some Derek Miller music. Uh, to the gentle celebrate. strains of Derek Miller, the podcast at penmachine.com, is uh, recovering from about, well, he's in the midst of about with cancer. But the important thing is that, uh, well, we'll get to what Derek Miller does later on. But yes, indeed... Throughout the next hour, I will impart <laughs> the and, and it's easy being a veteran podcaster because podcasting has only really existed as a as a thing with a name for a certain amount of time. Well, what a year and a half, couple of years or whatever, right? So yeah, but, veteran podcaster and uh, oh. I over a year and a half experience, <laughs> I've learned a lot, <laughs> and uh, and so I'm going to. Uh, dump a huge amount of information. Because I kind of obsess over learning stuff and trying it out different ways, I have a hunch that every, almost any question that you will ask as I'm going through, I'll probably cover by the end of it. But yeah, there'll probably be some time for questions at the end. But the things I'm not going to get into in great depth, just to warn you, I'm not going to uh, get into sophisticated recording terminology. I'm not going to talk about ohms and, and frequencies <laughs> and things like that. But I will point to you, if any of you are, are audio geeks, there's a few people who can speak much better than that. I will point them out, and you can pester them after my shtick. <laughs> um, what I'm going to present to you is, uh, well, actually, I, I have a presentation. Now, these, these notes won't be available on a blog or a wiki afterwards, unless someone wants to go ahead and type them as I hold them, <laughs> and, uh, and then put them somewhere. And then eventually, they'll end up on the internet web somewhere. But yes, indeed, this is the podcast program. And I'm going to start off by talking about the planning of the podcast. And you're going to have to indulge me a little bit, because when people get a notion to do something, they want to just jump in and do it, and it's like, oh, I don't need a plan. I'll just figure it out as I go along. But this is coming from someone who is a veteran podcaster, remember. And not only do I make one podcast, I make about six or seven podcasts, or there are both. And uh, with the things I'm going to tell you about planning, it's going to make them to, uh, help you set up a process by which you can make many uh, podcasts and keep them all organized. And that way, really the important thing is you're wanting to embrace your passion and get your word out there, and you're not gonna want to fart around with spending all your time organizing audio files, which I spend a hugely absurd amount of time organizing because I'll record a bunch of stuff and I'll stick it up there, I'll, I'll sort this later. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, so so I've, I've done all these hard lessons for you, and, uh, and really for me, I could really give a shit about the technology, you know, and, the, and computers to me are like washing machines, man. I don't know how they work inside. Just tell me the knob and where to push it. And that's what I use the computer for. Um, it's just to spit out this stuff that I uh, that I got up in here um, and really pontificate. I'm not sure if pontify is that, but it fit on the paper better than pontificate. <laughs> so I would have had to have the, the legal size paper. But really, um, and I'm not going to get to to all about the uh, revolutionary aspects of podcasting, but all of a sudden, even more so than a uh, blog or a pirate radio station or almost any other media, since the Gutenberg Press, you have a platform to pontificate to the people and express your opinion on no matter what hobby you're passionate about. Now, podcasting has been kind of co-opted by the mainstream media. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, now you can get uh, HBO, it has a podcasts, and, like, I started doing a Canucks podcast a year and a half ago, Woo-hoo! and now the radio station that covers the Canucks game, they've come up with an idea. They're going to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder where they got that idea, huh? (laughs) When's the royalty check coming? But I'm going to specifically talk about kind of homegrown podcasts, right? You know, mainstream media refactors a lot of the content they're producing. And also, uh, some corporations will do that. They'll be like, oh, we can podcast to attract more people to buy our shit. And I'm vaguely guilty of this, because I do have a day job. But um, what uh, what I do for the corporate kind of thing is the same kind of shtick. Um, it's all about being authentic and kind of acting that same thing about the homegrown um, attitude, where it, you don't get so hung up on on equipment and sounding like the guy on the radio who's working with a hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment and an engineer and a producer in a studio. You're someone. Who's got you know something to say and you don't have a lot of money to spend doing it? If you have a lot of money, let's talk afterwards, <laughs> and I'll give you the special private part two of the lesson. <laughs> but we're doing this we're doing this for pleasure. We're not doing this for profit. I will tell you some ways that you can get uh, you can make some money off your podcast. But really, to me, that's really beside the point. And if you knew that I actually had made probably about $12 in a year and a half doing my podcast, you'd probably leave right now if that's what you're interested in learning. But I do have something that's more valuable than money, and that is getting free stuff free stuff. It's almost like getting paid. But to get a few things straight, uh, when we're talking about podcasts, because it is kind of a new thing, and it has, like many of these other (coughs) Web (coughs) 2.0 technologies, it's a little bit unfortunately named. People say, oh, you make a podcast, but I don't have an iPod. Well, if you don't have an iPod, you should go to more trade shows and take business cards and enter them in the fish bowls, because they give them away like crazy, right? But uh, it has nothing to do with iPods. Um, really, the, the, the characteristics I would say that make a podcast a podcast, that they're, they're portable. They live up, there's someone on the internet and you can grab them, you can listen to them on your computer, you can listen to them on your MP3 player, whatever brand you choose. You can burn them onto CD, you can... Uh, there's other ways to listen to them. Listen to them on the web page, whatever. I also think an inherent characteristic that makes a podcast a podcast is that they are subscribable through the wonders of RSS or Atom or whatever Flavor of uh, federation that you want, they're subscribable. (laughs) Uh, Does anyone use iTunes? (laughs) iTunes? There's a little button in there in the podcast, (laughs) another unfortunately named uh, product. Um, There's a little button in there that says subscribe. There's a million ways to subscribe it. Some of you read blogs, maybe have a blog. Same kind of thing, except it's audio instead of a blog. But how would you describe what a podcast is to your grandma? Well, I'd say, oh, Granny, it's a wee little internet program. <laughs> it's, you know, it's like uh, an audio. It's like you know, some talking and some of me, uh, you know, some music. But sweet little internet program. So really, that's the critical thing that you, as a potential podcaster, must produce is the wee little internet program. All the rest of this shit really just kind of happens through this, uh, the wonders of you know, RSS and Federation and all this kind of crap. So you've decided that you want to be a podcaster. First, you must spend a lot of time planning. And when I say a lot of time planning, um, you know how, like when they start a new TV show, the first TV show has to have the theme and the opening credits and all this stuff. And those that go on through all the other things. And when you ever go back and watch the first thing, the first series of a TV, you're like, oh, yeah, that's the episode that they got all the little clips from. But before they could make that first episode, they had to have a theme song, they had to have a script, they had to have characters. And so really before you go in and fire up the microphone and start your own show, it really behooves you to take a notebook and go out and sit somewhere comfortable and think about really what it is that you're getting up to here. And again, some people want to st- want to tell them this, you're kind of older, I don't know how hard can it be? I listen to your podcasts. I, I know how much effort you put into them. <laughs> but, um, but really you have to establish your point of view and what it is that you're, uh, um, who you are and how you're talking to the people. And when I say um, your point of view, it's like, are you someone who's um, going to educate people? Are you gonna do a bunch of interviews and that's sort of your shtick? Are you making basically a mixtape for your friends, like our friend Crazy Wanda describes her podcast as? Um, really, what's, what's the point of it? And the sooner you get your head around this, um, the more fun you can really have with it because you kind of give yourself some constraints to work within. And really, it's not about the constraints because there's really no rules. But in order to make something you can be proud about, um, you know, Richard was talking in the the presentation earlier about how he looks back at his blog post from a few years before and goes, ah, I'm so embarrassed. And I hate that, so I like making them pretty decent right from the get-go. Your first one is not going to be your best one. Accept that fact. In fact, each episode will likely get better, (laughs) both from a content standpoint and from the technical and production kind of standpoint as well. Now, when I say character, I don't mean you have to, uh, you know, crazy put on a funny hat and be a crazy vlogger guy and, uh, and come up with some, you know, alternative alter ego. You can or you can't. I don't really care. But you have to kind of figure out, are you positioning yourself as an authority on some topic? Are you acting like their buddy? Please, for the love of Pete, don't be like those morning radio guys. Some podcasts, that get hung up thinking, well, it's work for radio. So, what I'll do is, I'll be the obnoxious guy and I'll get my nutty buddy along with me and we'll kind of do this radio kind of shtick. But for some, for, you, know, you have to come up with who you are, what you call yourself. And really, for me, when I turn on the recorder, um, and I'll get into this more later of kind of cultivating your voice, um, the touch of part of the presentation, um, <laughs> is uh, you need to come up with um, how you're going to address people and how you're going to talk about yourself, right? Then you need to realize. You kind of, kind of got gut check. Now that you've come up with kind of your concept and your stick, you've got to really gut check this. And you've got to say, what am I going to talk about? Well, week one is easy. Your first show is easy, right? Show two, oh, yeah, i got a bunch of stuff. Write down 20 topics. Write down 20 shows. If you can't do that, pick a new topic. Or realign what you're going to do. Expand it. Don't expand it too far. You're not trying to cover everything, right? But really, after show 10 and you're confused, you're going to say, damn it, that's what Dave meant. Really plan out and pick something that you're going to be able to cover for a long time, and make a list of that. Really, oh, no, really, make a list. Take a notebook, write it down. Because at episode 10, when you're like, "What was I getting myself into?" I didn't realize it was going to take four hours of post-production to get each episode up. Ah. So write them down, and then you have to figure out the other ingredients for your podcast. Ingredient one: your voice. You will likely be in your podcast speaking. Not, you know, you don't have to, right? You can. It can just be the absence of voice podcast, but you're probably going to have yourself in it, right? And then, plus, the mystery ingredient. What else are you going to have in there? And that goes back to what I talked about about, are you going to have interviews? Are you going to have music? Are you going to have sound scene tours, which means you go around and kind of do a little virtual tourism kind of stuff. Um, But what is that mystery ingredient? And that equals the P represents podcast in the equation. (laughs) That's the only math part of today's presentation. And uh, and you got to figure out how often you're gonna make these. And I put periodic ish because it doesn't really matter, right? And anyone who subscribes to my podcast will know that I adhere to absolutely no schedule whatsoever. My periodic schedule is whenever I get like a free afternoon to edit some shows, right? Some people get really hung up on having them out every single Tuesday. And frankly, it's a really good way to build audience, which we'll talk more about in the promotion portion of the program. (laughs) And if you come out every Tuesday and people can go in there and expect your show to be there, right? But frankly, unless I'm getting paid significant uh, bribery to. do a show on a schedule, I'm doing this for fun, I'm doing this for a hobby, I'm doing this for pleasure, so I'll do whenever I damn well please. But, <laughs> figure out, and, and be realistic. And the reason I say that is because people get so, oh, I'm gonna make three per week. Doesn't happen like that. It's gonna take, you know, some of you say, well I don't have time for blog blogging. Guess what, podcasting? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Then you must decide how long your podcast shall be and just like the zen cone of how long is a web page, <laughs> <laughs> it's as long as it is when you hit save, probably, I guess, but your podcast could be any length, right? But you kind of got to think about um, visualizing your audience and thinking about what it is that they're capable of digesting, right? For some of my shows, uh, I, I make them. Uh, who lives here in Vancouver? Vancouver people? Okay, I ride the C bus every day, and it's about a 15-minute ride. So I make mine sort of C bus length podcasts. Right? So just, it's just like a nice little 15 minute commute kind of show. But, some people get really hung up on the length. Well, we really got to keep the show under 50 minutes. We really got to keep the show under 45 minutes. Well, shut the hell up then! Get some shit on there so you're not talking about how long your show can or can't be. Because there is no rules. It's, uh, but you kind of got to set sort of a standard. I don't go from 13 minutes to an hour and a half. <laughs> you know, from episode to episode. But well, the Canucks outsider ones tend to be a little longer than some of the other ones I do. But uh, you kind of got to keep them little digestible chunks. Make them part one and part two. If you have something that's a lot to say, you can make them into separate parts. All right. Some people uh, are, are, are talkers, right? They like to talk and they love to hear the sound of their own voice. And then you turn on a microphone. I'm like, oh, great, let's do a podcast interview. You turn on the microphone, oh, uh, uh, uh. All right. And we're like, okay, let's start again. No, it's all right. Just relax. Have a beverage. Let's <laughs> have a beverage. No, no, no it's cool. Okay. Oh, no, no. What I was going to say. No, this will be fine. Let's be. Uh, um, uh. It takes some training to do this, right? And the sooner you are able to kind of trick yourself into some sort of process by which you can get more comfortable with this, the better off you're going to be and the better your shows are going to be, right? You don't have to have the great radio DJ voice because Lord knows I don't. But you've got to be able to hold someone's attention and get rid of the ums and ahs and blahs, blahs, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of shows, spend half the show talking about the show and what they're going to talk about, <laughs> and then they talk about it, and then tell you what they just talked about, and then give you some links back to tell you the show that you're listening to and how to get a hold of them. Jeez, ah, you know, you don't have to have that. And I think some people, again, get hugged up on the radio kind of format. Well, we've got to tell you over on k every day. Like that. You don't need to tell anyone. There's really no rules for this. And some people kind of build their shows intentionally, like a radio format, thinking that they're going to get the call from Sirius XM Satellite Radio, where they're going to go, you know, we really love your content. Here's a $100,000 co- contract because you've format them in such a length that they're perfect for formatting our stuff. If, yeah, I don't see any reason for that, you know. Um, I think you're better off to express your own thing and rewrite the rules. So, Go easy on the metadata about your podcast, the name of it, the blah, 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 what you're gonna tell and all that kind of stuff. So here's the touchy-feely part where you have to embrace your internal dialogue. To translate that says, get used to talking to yourself. Okay? Um, what this means is, when you turn on the microphone, and I mentioned this earlier, that I kind of like, you have to get into your groove because you can't be thinking about what you're talking about. You just have to talk. So I spend my time when I'm walking to the bus stop, waiting for the bus, waiting for the C bus, Spacing out at work, not that I would ever do anything like that. Thinking about what I'm going to talk about, but thinking of it in terms of embracing that internal dialogue and, and not thinking about what I'm going to do, just thinking about how it's going to be said. And kind of running it through in my head. And I don't run through, okay, what I'll say first is this, and what I'll say first is that, next is that. But you have to kind of get comfortable about having a conversation with one person or a group of people. Like you're sitting and hanging out, and you've got to be able to do that when you turn on the microphone. Without going well, what I was gonna say is now I sometimes work with a couple of rough notes, but you don't want to have a script and start be reading about your podcast. Next time, a podcast, we're gonna play this. Song. You know, this is just boring for everyone. So the sooner you can get comfortable um, doing that, the better. The better you're off you are, and you also have to. You know, I walk around. I have a little record up here, and I walk around and I record on, on the on the streets a lot. You know, and you know it's, it. It seems kind of goofy. Right, well, I got my headset on, and (laughs) but you figure there's all the you know jackholes with uh, talking on their cell phone right next to you on the bus and stuff. So you know, whatever, Uh, just kind of got to deal with it. (laughs) Uh, And in fact, that's a trick that some podcasters use, uh, where they uh, they'll have a microphone, but they'll pretend that they're talking to cell phone just to kind of embarrassment. You know, so whatever works for you, right? So all this planning of stuff is to prevent what some people call pod fade, um, which means you put up three episodes of a podcast, and then you're like, that just sort of fades away. One a month later, then it sort of drifts off. I actually, um, I I was listening to an American literature podcast, and the guys actually, after the fourth show, they come on, they're like, you know, really we have no idea why we started this podcast and, and really I don't even like American literature all that much. And they've been reviewing the Great Gatsby and trying to like do this this scholarly review of the Great Gatsby over four episodes and it's like some twenty-something college students and it's like, you guys you really should've, you know, embraced what it is that you give a shit about and made a podcast about that, and maybe taken a book other than the Great Gatsby that's been shoved down every uh, you know North American high school student's throat for the last uh, since about nineteen thirty-seven. And maybe mix it up a little bit, you know? And maybe do 10 minutes on that and 10 minutes on that rather than trying to like, well, we're going to deconstruct chapter one today. Because that's just just boring for, if it's boring for you making it, guess what? It's going to be boring for your audience, okay? So that's planning. Next, thou shalt produce thine podcast. And there's two steps to this. That's it. There's only two steps. One, make audio, right? That's Shouldn't be too hard, <laughs> and then two, put it on your blog. Or, you know, link to it on your blog, and really, all the rest of it is auto magic. And I'll give it a little bit more detail as we go along about this this step two. But let's dwell for a moment on step one, which is making your audio. Uh, making your audio. Um, ingredient one. The one that you shall require is a mic, a microphone, <laughs> and microphones come in uh, cheap, uh, slightly more expensive, or consider you know very expensive. So um, I made you a picture of that. <laughs> On your left, uh, uh, that's your that's your headset mic. You can get those for like about five to twenty bucks, or six. You know, I don't, I have no idea what they co- cost. The set I have, I stole from Jay about a year and a half ago, and uh, and they're they're. They're cheap, that's the good news. They have the headphones built in. Um, the downside is the quality is mediocre, but yeah, it's good enough, it's good enough, right? Um, and uh, st- uh, your next one you can try is spending a little bit more money and getting a handheld mic, like this one here. I invested almost a hundred dollars in this. and. Uh, it's not fancy, but it's very serviceable. Um, in that case, it's an eighth inch. You see here, I put some um, some technical data. Here's your technical <laughs> data. Eighth inch. That's your mini ones, like your headphones, and then XLR. That's that big round ones, like these ones here. I had to put that in just for the visual aid. It's got three little holes <laughs> there. And then in between those is the quarter inch ones, and those are like the big old timey headphone ones, right? I have microphones using all three different kinds, and. The fact of the matter is, you can spend, you know, up what you know, from a hundred up to a thousand bucks probably on these, you know, fancy studio condenser mics that are made for, uh, you know, making you sound fantastic. But really, that's if you're going to get to that point, you're probably going to want to get some other uh, uh, recording gear to take advantage of that, because you kind of got to have, uh, you know, you can't put a great mic and uh, and just suddenly think that everything's going to sound fabulous. But really, I would say for starting out, if you're going to have a show that's you talking, playing a little music, maybe having a guest on doing an interview, go out and spend 20 bucks and start with these. Then sort of uh, see where your show's going, see what kind of things it you use, um, and and maybe try one of these. If you're doing some kind of field recordings, that's the reason I got this one here because for, for going out uh, out and about um, the headphones don't really record you know you can't really <laughs> hold the thing like a microphone it's a little bit clumsy yeah put these on really quick um, so the the little stereo handheld stereo mic it works great I take it everywhere um, even places where I'm not technically supposed to like into uh, uh, like I went and recorded the Dalai Lama's lecture in GM place with that and uh, yeah, I'm, i got Dalai Lama bootlegs, man. I <laughs> think you are. Uh. Uh, you got some Deepak Chopra for me, man. We can trade. <laughs> so then, you will need a recording device. Something to record these things that are coming in through your microphone. And you have a, a choice of different devices. Uh, many of you have uh, these laptop computers. And uh, those, work, uh, those work quite well. Um, I, I used to use an Apple iBook for the, um, well, I won't get into the problem with that, but um, what I did is I got a little uh, thing that, that sticks into the USB port and gives you some little uh, inputs and outputs for your uh, microphone and your jacks. You can get, a, if you want to get fancy, you can get a FireWire interface, which is kind of like this you know, piece of audio equipment that plugs into your FireWire port and Then you can stick all kinds of mixers and microphones and multi-track in there and you can get all fancy. But really, the lowest common denominator is you, everything that you need to do this is probably already on your computer. And the things that you need to do this are an in-jack and an out-jack. That's it. Um, you can also do this um, using uh, a telephone. Uh, these, uh, these little portable cellular phones folks have. <laughs> a lot of them have an audio recording mode on them. Some of them are really poor quality. The .AMR files or something they're called. They're more like recording, like, note to self, buy more milk, right? But, um, <laughs> Some of them have integrate, you know, integrated recordability that's, that's pretty decent quality, especially if you're kind of doing, you know, here I am at the Dalai Lama, you know? um, and, and it's serviceable. Another thing I do sometimes is I have a voice over IP um, answering machine thingamajigger, right? and so I'll be somewhere I don't have my portable recorder, and I'll phone in to my, and leave a message for myself, but it's like a long-winded 70-minute message. The VOIP server emails it to me in a little uh, WAV file, Converted and MP3 and yada yada. And it sounds like you're out there talking, it sounds like a phone message, but it's kind of a neat effect if used, um, you know, in moderation. Uh, or you can use, you can spend the big money. And I'm, I'm, I'm a bit thrifty, right? But I broke down and I bought myself a, a fine device called M Audio. cost you about five bills. I was the first one in Canada to have one of these. Someone proved me wrong. And uh, the thing that's great about this is if you're an audio geek, you can go in and out with the quarter inch headphone jacks or uh, microphone jacks you can go in uh... and it's got all kinds of ins and outs and all kinds of little doodads you can record right to mp3 or to wave you can record it at like a uh, a higher standard of mp3 than you'll eventually encode it down to so you can get some fantastic quality with that i use all kinds of different mics with that i use it in all kinds of different situations m audio microtrack yeah, compact flash, slot, on it. Com- compact flash s- slot so you put in a half gig in there i can go like nine hours with the recording and uh... And so you can fit tons of stuff, and obviously the form factor of it is really small and handy, so you can take it anywhere, so you, you can get your own Dalai Lama google <laughs> Um But the recorder is nice. And now on the market, in the last year and a half, there's been several other things like this come out. There's also devices that will uh, apparently turn your iPod or MP3 player into some sort of recording device. Um, I'm not familiar with this, go. This is a bit of a specific question. When I first became interested in podcasting, I went to try and find one of these, and most of them aren't compatible they're lying. Sure. Yeah. They're all wine. Well, it's all you. how did get that to work. Cause I was like, oh well, if nothing's compatible, then how can I do this? Oh, well, um, l- l- let me say this. Uh, for example, this uh, this voice recorder, the one bug in it, it's um, it, it's native format is WMA. No big deal. That's transporting it into something more more compatible yeah. is easy. But rip it apart. It's you. It's a USB drive and a Macintosh, a Windows box, a Linux box. Any of them just recognize this thing as a removable flash drive. Yep. And same goes with my audio there, I stick it in through USB and it mounts as a hard drive on my Mac or PC. I, I'm, I'm, I'm bi-platform and I'm mad enough to admit it. <laughs> yeah, I also, there's, there's one, uh, iRiver makes one, and there's a, there's a few other uh, neat things like that, but I've never seen that kind of cross-compatibility problems, but I have seen websites where they just sort of assume something isn't, you know, like, there's no software or anything like this to, to uh, you know, to, to install, so it should just work. Uh, so M-Audio, etc. there's lots of little devices like that out there and you can spend a lot of money. You know the, the people who do the sound effect recordings for movies and they'll have these Foley recorders I think they're called, but they'll be like the big field pack here and they'll go out there with the microphone and record chipmunks and stuff. You can drop a lot of bread on that, but frankly something that goes direct to digital is going to be a lot handier for you see, so you spend less time transferring the formats um, from one kind to another. So then you will need some software. <laughs> <is the appreciation. laughs> can I buy a bottle, please? Um, and there's, there's a wide variety. And this is where things can get a little bit technical, and um, you're, I encourage you to experiment a little bit. But here is a list of a few. Um, and there, there's, there's many, many, many. So any list I could possibly come up with would be incomplete. But Easiest program, easiest way, if you were to want to start a podcast tomorrow, I would say, go, and you're using a PC, I would say go download Cast Blaster. Cast Blaster is a piece of software made by a guy named Mike in the Netherlands, and it's specifically made for doing one and only one thing, that is making podcasts. And it integrates the recorded stuff. You have little slots to put in uh, your music that you're going to play. It's sort of set up like if you have some familiarity with doing college radio or some radio experience, you know, we have everything all set up. You have a little dashboard. And it's designed to kind of record live to hard drive. Cast Blaster is designed for you to have all your shit ready to go, all your little jingles and promos, and you sit down with your headphones, and bam, you sit down and record the show basically real time. It also has an integrated FTP tool in it, and an integrated little uh, dealy bod to put your show notes, which I'll talk about later, and your ID3 uh, tags. Very slick tool. I think it's 25 bucks. Um, I'm not sure the distribution of it now. Uh, the guy was in cahoots with Adam Curry on Podshow, and apparently there's been some personality conflict. Uh, Never that. did. Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> the blog no, or podcasting? I have no idea how that could happen. Sterling <laughs> reputation with that gentleman. Um, there's a similar program for Mac called Ubercaster. I personally don't have much experience with it, but I know several people who are very enthusiastic about this program that like many other applications is in perennial beta, Ubercaster, I think it comes with umlauts over the Uber, but I'm not sure uh, how to put those in your URL, mileage <laughs> may um, I've done most of my podcasts, for better or for worse, in GarageBand. It's a program that comes with your Macintosh computer for the most part, iLifeSuite. And, <clears throat> and, and you know, it's not designed specifically for making podcasts, they've kind of colluded it to make it a little bit more podcast friendly. Uh, it's, a, it's a program made for um, recording multi-track music and constructing songs through loops. But for some of my shows, especially when I'm out um, with my little M-Audio recording stuff here and there, all over town, I'll come back, I'll have 20 clips, I'll throw out half, half of them, um, and then I'll take all those, I'll put them in the GarageBand. I almost build the, uh, the audio program like, I, I, like I'd make a painting. It's of collage things together and drop things in. So I'm kind of doing this non-linear editing. So unlike Cast Blaster, the, as you say, it is pretty much unless you really want to go and and, uh, and and chop up the concrete. You have infinite flexibility with GarageBand. The thing I don't like about GarageBand is um, it requires another couple steps in your workflow afterwards. The cast blaster bakes in. The good news is um, I'll even go in and compose music. I'll say, oh, I need a little segment here, so I can go in and they have all sorts of pre-programmed music loops and stuff like that. Um, And you have fantastic micro control. Like if you really want to get obsessive and you said something on your recording, the whole clip's great except you're one thing that makes you sound like a jackass. It's really easy to go in there and and clip that out and edit it. Um, There's also a program called Vegas that Sony makes that a lot of people love. There's another one called Audacity that's an open source something or other. My problem with that is it didn't have a real smooth way to export to uh, MP3. Maybe it does now. But I'm not one to spend much time figuring out new shit. I want it just to work. Um, There's also schemes that you can record directly onto a website. They do a little flash plug in, it enables your microphone. Um, Hipcast or audio would be examples of these. You can record a show talking at your computer. I never do this, but it exists. I feel it uh, clumsy enough talking to myself, but talking to my computer, having a conversation, (laughs) and then going. And and the quality's not fantastic. It's going to sound, you know, I mean, it's just recording off whatever mic and then going through all these fun layers of compression so it's not really the best way but in a pinch and again it depends on what you're doing if your podcast is just to get some information out to the people some announcement and dates and times and stuff that might work out great for you so you've got your mic you've got your software you've got your recording device and all that now you need a studio and your studio is just a place that's semi-quiet you know like you all have like your office at home where you got your you know um all your crap pile up on top of the desk and there's stuff um, it's really nice, especially if there's youngins around the house, or the Spellis is watching American Idol in the background. You need a quiet space to do your podcast editing. It's going to be distracting, plus when you just need to go in and record a couple little snippets to sew things together. It's really nice to have a quiet, quiet space. And it's also very important to have a beverage with you. <laughs> <laughs> this will prevent you from having to get up to go get a beverage. And while you're recording, it's easy to get, uh, you know, all worked up and dry mouth, plus, you know, Beverages are just nice to have. And, and, uh, and frankly, the beverage choice is up to you. No like I said, a podcasting, there's no rules, man. Just don't spill it on your recording equipment. You know, you spent 20 bucks on that mic, don't screw it up. <laughs> so now, earlier I mentioned there's the mystery ingredient. There's you plus the mystery ingredient for your podcast. So now you've decided what that mystery ingredient is, whether it be interviews, music, or whatever. This comes, one of the, the fun parts, this, this part here that I'm describing now, this is actually the fun part, too is the hunting and gathering for finding that other stuff. So this may involve you going out and recording interviews, this may re- involve you going out and, and bootlegging the Dalai Lama, or collecting music, um, or whatever it is. But you must assemble those things and have them all ready. Because if you start editing a show and you don't have that, and you've got to go start searching around, it's just a pain in the ass, and, gets, and it kind of reduces uh, your, your efficiency from doing all this. So the first thing you must hunt and gather is a theme because a podcast must have a theme. Frank Zappa once said, a country must have, in order to be a country, a country has to have an anthem and a beer, frankly. And for a podcast to be a podcast, I really think you should take the time to find a theme song. Because kind of like like I said earlier, like the pilot, you know, your first show is really gonna be the template for all future shows. You will improve, you will get better, they will sound more serious and experienced and veteran, but really you gotta begin as you wish to continue. So, finding this music, um, well, there's a few different ways to find and this is talking about music for that will become your, your intro theme your intro theme, I'm, I'm just talking about finding a snippet of music that's not an RIAA, you know, like this right to clear something you can use and recording something that says this is the name of my podcast on top of it there's your theme song, you're done, take the rest of the day off, right <laughs> so then you go and you find some music um, that you're going to put in there because I'm going to assume some of you, like most of my podcasts don't have any music in them they might have some background music or some transition music, but it's not like, you know, first chorus, verse. But um, there's a great resource just to go out there and get music. And, and I'm a guy who enjoys his music, but um, I'm, I'm, like, I watched the Grammys the other day, and it was like, well, I know the police, but here are all these other folks. Please, come to Vancouver, anyone going? That's right. Vancouver. <laughs> I Sting, he will lend you a few bucks. I heard he days. But there's uh, a wealth of resources out there for you to obtain what sometimes people say pod safe or rights, rights cleared music. It's basically music that you're not going to get sued for using, right? You cannot, much as you want to go out and play the Foo Fighters for your opening theme music, <laughs> because someone will come after you. I'm sure Dave Grohl is a very nice guy, but his agents aren't. So, first place I would suggest you go is PromoNet. And again, yes. I mentioned Crazy Wanda earlier. Um, yes. She works for this company, IODA, and they, have, they form relationships with record, independent record labels to say, you are an independent record label, and you do not have the time to get your shit on iTunes and get it out there to the people, so we're going to help you promote these albums. And I have found so much good new music here in the last six months that I have no interest whatsoever in that problem that the Grammys is spewing up. So PromoNet, fantastic. It gives you a little code snippet so you can put it in your show notes, which I'll discuss later, and you get to track that you can use the bands, the labels, podcaster, the audience. We're all winners, yeah. <laughs> except yeah. for the RIAA who are missing the boat. Um, Adam Curry also has Podsafe Music Network. Your mileage may vary. It's a disorganized <laughs> mess, but it's step up there. Um, if any of you uh, are into music, then you probably have friends who have bands, and most bands have much uh, to paraphrase, Tim O'Reilly, I believe, have a much bigger problem of obscurity than with piracy. And they would very much like to uh, have you play their music on uh, on your podcast. And so whenever I meet guys who have bands, I'm like, dude, hook me up, give me a CD, give me some MP3s. Many, many, many people out there, even on MySpace and whatever. It's like the bands are using MySpace these days, it turns out. So you go to there and say, hey, I'd like to play your song on my podcast. And they're like, oh my god, that's fantastic! (laughs) And then they'll blog about it, and then that gets into more of the promotion stuff we'll talk about. So, uh, and then I. I, told me that I destroyed his punk rock credibility. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. podcasts are punk man there's, there's no uh, there's, yeah, he's, he's missing out he needs, to, he needs to go have a talk with Joey Shithead from DOA he'll set him straight um, uh, so and then I listen to KEXP and uh, some of these other uh, podcasts and, I'll, and, and they sort of act as filters for the music for me and I find stuff there I like and, I, and then I go track it down and see if it's cool then I use it, I put a thing on the, someone's blog and say hey I'm using your song, everyone's happy and then, over the years, I collected a shoebox of people's, uh, of friends' cassette tapes. Because before, like, I would just ask for their cassette tape before their CD. And uh, so recently, I have taken that shoebox. that have gone with me from country to country. Um, and I have an international smattering of crappy cassette recordings, from Okinawan folk music to bad Japanese metal. And I've taken those in a cassette player and, uh, and run them in my... I capture them on my um, M-Audio, convert them, clean them up. And all of a sudden, I have all this needle weird music that, that I can drop in. Here or there. So um, there's lots of ways to get music and that's part of the fun part. So enjoy that part. Um, you know uh, on, uh, on the radio they have all those little things that I was making fun about about you know the little promos and, and, and teasers and jingles and sweepers and all these things that are just uh, or show ID tags. You can have some fun and, and make some of these things up to kind of transition between talking segments. Like I said a lot of my podcasts are talking and so in between the little segments, I'll need something that's like a little sound effect or someone saying something like this name of the show or, Ooh, I wonder what will happen next, you know? So in the radio parlance, I believe those are called uh, sweepers and such, but really I have no idea. <laughs> but remember, um, you don't have to do any of these things because really it is important to remember that podcasts are punk. There are no rules. You can do whatever you want. There's very little cost associated with this. You can do this for 20 bucks or less. You can have your first podcast up. So do it however the hell you want, Um, but if you want to do it for a long term, it's better to sort of make your own rules for yourself, but don't take anyone else's. And then, once you have those rules in place, and you've got all your stuff, you can work on producing your shows better. Now, my first shows, um, you know, I had a real problem with getting the audio quality. Like, I listened to my shows, and I had to really turn them up, and then listen to someone else's shows, and I am like, ah, it's too loud, I have to turn it down. So I have got a little bit more obsessive about keeping the levels up. And I don't know any of the technical terminology, but there's the, you know, the little equalizer there in the program. And I fuck around with the equalizer until it sounds better, right? And then I see the levels, and you see when the levels are peaking, you know, the little red light comes on. Put it up there until it's just, uh, just below when it's peaking. And uh, I'm sure there's people who can talk at much, much greater light by making your show sound fantastic. But really, it's your, the difference is in your ears. Listen to your shows, listen to your shows, listen to your shows compared to other shows, listen to your shows again. Export it, like with GarageBand, sometimes I'll export it four or five different times with different mixes to try to get it sounding a little bit better. Once you find kind of a routine that works for you It gets a lot better and everyone's happier because it's easier to listen to um, It's one thing to record it, you know, on a web page or on your phone and have this crappy recording quality. It can sound Neat for a little bit, but really to ask someone to listen to that for 20 minutes is, is really hard on the ears So do people a favor and try to produce it better and I'll give you some podcasts that um, will uh, um, help you do that. And then, so you've made your audio program. With all that vast knowledge, you've made your audio program. Now it's time to polish it up. You know how when stuff comes up in iTunes it has a description and the name and all that stuff? They're called ID3 tags. Um, Or I shouldn't say in in iTunes or Winamp or any other audio program, there's the the ID3 tags. Please go in and, and name those, give them names. And it's a matter of uh, you know, whatever program you're using, Cast Blaster or whatever, um, you can go in there and give the show a title, give the show a description. You can, uh, uh, sometimes you can put keywords. There's an artwork ID3 tag, which is the album cover. So I've got a little picture. You can put the name of your podcast on the picture, whatever. There's even lyrics, so you can put little hidden messages in there. And all this is just kind of metadata that lives with your MP3 file. Um, And whatever you record it into, like I mentioned, uh, Audacity and um, records to one format, GarageBand will initially export as ACC or an M4A file. There's all these audio types. And really, screwing around with any other type aside from an MP3, you're just asking for compatibility issues. right? And there's a little bit of philosophical, um, dogmatic discussion about this. But I've made enhanced podcasts, which are the M4A files, which just means I also have to make an MP3 version of it because half the people complain that they can't get it for whatever reason. I don't want, I'm not going to be the one to figure it out and solve everyone's computer problems. I'm just going to make something that people can listen to. Um, I record stuff usually at 192k on my little M-Audio. Um, and I compress it down to, and release it at 128k. You can record reduce it down to 64k. But, you know, if people don't have you know 20 megas, megabytes of server space to download my program, well, they probably have other things to worry about than getting my podcast anyway. So... You have your audio thing and it's time to publish it. Um, And this is as easy as putting the file somewhere, likely uploading it via the wonders of FTP to some server space. This might be your server space you get with your ISP account, or some free space that you get, or some people use archive.org. There's some of these services that specifically cater to podcasts like Libsyn. I have a plain vanilla uh, web hosting directory. I upload the stuff up there. And then all you do is, uh, um, well, you make a blog post and you point to that MP3 file. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. But in that blog post, you put the show notes. And what are show notes? Well, um, up until about probably the 20th episode of most of my podcasts, I didn't really know or care what the show notes were because I was just hand making an XML file and they didn't really have a blog to go along with it. But now the blog, I, uh, I don't really expect people to go visit the blog for my podcast. The blogs are just an engine to drive the podcast to uh, bake in that RSS stuff. So the blog post might look something like title, two sentences about the show, a picture, and then the, and all that stuff is just kind of bonus because the critical part is a link to the MP3 file, okay? That's the critical bit, and that's the mystery that most people get. They think there's a big complicated process. Just say, download my podcast, make that into a link, go into the MP3 file. Really, trust me, it's that easy. So you got your show notes, you can put in, and this is where when you play music from these musicians, you got a promo net, when you, uh, when you talked about something in your show, you wanna give a link, that's where they go is in the show notes. And then in your show you can say, go to the show notes to get that URL, instead of spending half your show going, www.whatever.com, <laughs> just say go to the show notes. So, you link that file, or in some cases, you can attach it. If you have something like um, a, a Bright account or something, you can attach your file and it will upload within your, your blog database. Uh, uh, whoop you do there, and it'll store the thing. But I'm really all about the, the plain vanilla linking rather than the attaching because uh, all the stuff lives right in, the, in the, the right place. So, that's all there is to it. You make it all your file, you put it up to your blog. I told you there's two steps. Okay? Make sense? God. Now you must promote your thing. Now this is, assumes that you really give a shit about people coming and listening to your podcast. <laughs> um, I don't get hung up on the, on the ego part. I don't track um, subscribers uh, religiously, because frankly it's, it's a lot of work, because of the nature of your podcast, it's gonna be re-aggregated all over the place. Um, I'm gonna talk here about directories. There'll be people pulling it out from over there, from over there. Some people just click on it on the page um, and listen to it there. There's all sorts of different ways people get your podcast. So really, I gauge the success of my podcast on one, the artistic merit of the content I am producing, <laughs> and that's purely subjective, and I'll tell you. 5.0. And two, um, user feedback, you know. Uh, I don't expect people to comment on the blog, but it's, it's really nice when people send you an email. Uh, how much they enjoy your podcast. So, promotion, and this is, uh, and I'm not gonna uh, get all the marketing on this, but it's really, it's about, um, making a brand, branding your podcast, right? You've given your podcast a name. Hopefully it's something other than Bob's podcast. Maybe it has something that describes the content. Maybe it doesn't, but maybe it's something catchy. Maybe there's a little pun in it. Um, It doesn't really matter, but whatever name you choose, I would suggest you don't start with the word the, because there's a lot of other podcasts that start with the word the, or the. And uh, and you also uh, um, pick a name that's a little memorable, right? It's going to stand out, and it's just going to save you a lot of uh, hassle about telling people twice. Um, I'd say pick one that's easy to spell, but you know, uh, I don't always follow my own advice on that. So you're going to brand your podcast a little bit, but the first steps to promotion, um, and this step here could almost go into the production, and this is, uh, this is a, a company that provides a service, and they're called FeedBurner. They provide a very valuable free service. And what this service does is it takes your feed from WordPress or TypePad or, or Bright or whatever blog platform you're publishing your podcast on. And it takes your feed and it kind of tunes it up and gussies it up a little bit. It makes it a little bit more universal for all these people listening to it in all these sort of different ways. It's not a required part of the thing, but I find it saves a tremendous amount of time and hassle because it really tunes a lot of things up. It's free because it's also cheap. You can get like some bonus features or something for five bucks a month. But the things that it does, it um, it puts in some, because like Apple iTunes does everything a little bit different than the, than the usual standard, so unless you put in your special iTunes description, which is the exact same words as your description, <laughs> but it's your iTunes description, and your iTunes category, because it's a special iTunes category, and some of this crap, and it makes your, it's cross-compatible for Atom and RSS, and, uh, and it gives you a little bit of statistical stuff. Again, it's not required, but highly recommended. So that, um, and once you've done your feed FeedBurner uh, thingamadu, then you can go and submit your podcast to um, iTunes. iTunes, do you? Yes, iTunes. And you can list your podcast in there, uh, and of course it's free. They give you no user interface for you as a podcast producer if you want to see um, statistics, or change your feed link, or change any detail. Um, their their, their univ- uh, user interface is non-existent. You have a, a, a big shiny box that comes up and says, put the address of your podcast you wish to submit in there, and then. It's sort of Something like, happens. by, 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 the, by the, the, the good and grace of Steve Jobs, one day it magically appears in there. But the good news is once you're up in iTunes, that's where 70% of your traffic is probably gonna come from. A lot of people, it turns out, use this iTunes. But again, <laughs> it's not required, but you're probably foolish not to put it in there. Even though some, again, iTunes does everything a little bit different, so you're gonna have, you know, my only feed problems I ever have are due to some kind of uh, iTunes goofiness, iTunes choking on stuff, but deal with it. Aside from iTunes, there's Odeo and a thousand other uh, podcast directories and re-aggregators out there. Right? And there's, uh, there's people who blog a list of them and say, here's the 20 current ones that are doing things and not out of business. A lot of these will find your podcast and re-aggregate them without you doing anything. So once a month, search for your podcast and see who's picking it up. Then you go and you do this thing where you claim your podcast. You go and put these little, little crap up in your blog and these little codes so someone else doesn't claim your podcast and I don't know what they're going to do with it or whatever. But there's a ton of these direct directories out there that are going to re-aggregate your podcast whether you want them to or not. So it probably behooves you to go out there and claim your things and tune them up and make sure they're pointing to the right stuff. Make sure they're accurate. See if people are downloading them from there or whatever. But um, it's kind of like a rainy afternoon kind of project. It's not critical, but you are going to get some amplification and some listenership from that. Um, another great way to promote your podcast is record little promo bits for other people's podcasts, right? And this is kinda of like you're, oh I'll help you out, but really you're helping yourself out, right? Because <laughs> you can be like, hey, this is Dave, and you're listening to the Clubside Breakfast Time podcast, and I send it over to Jay, and he puts it on his. Ah yeah. yeah, yeah. And then people are gonna be like, oh, who's yeah. that guy with that neat theme song there? Cause I'm playing my theme song in the background, right? Ah yeah. Yeah. And then they're gonna want and then he's gonna put me in his show notes and then and then there comes that $100,000 contract from XM. Sierra Satellite It's just right around the corner. <laughs> and then you can start to interact with your listener base a little bit. And this is something that I only dabble with, because this can be real time consuming. If you start soliciting um, comments and do contests and things like this, it can be a little bit time consuming. Um, I did a contest recently, and, and, and the trivia question I came up with, it turns out the answer, I thought, well, it's totally wrong. <laughs> so, so I had this whole flood of people that sent in, well, like a flood, you know, like a dozen people answering the thing, right? And they all have this different answer. Then I have to record another episode, the Trivial Retraction episode. <laughs> just talking about how, uh, okay, yeah, I kind of screwed that up. So everyone's a winner, right? So then I spend the next afternoon, right? You know, I, everyone gets a prize, right? So I gotta like, You know, fill out envelopes. I gotta go to the post office, and I'm a busy guy. You know, I got a working job, you know, I got a day job and shit, so I don't have a lot of time. I'd rather be recording stuff than interacting. But this is a great way to raise your listener base and build that community around your show and get people sending in (laughs) audio feedback and comments. But it drives me nuts because a lot of shows become just this. Okay, well, we're gonna read an hour of people talking about my show, and to me, that gets really boring, but it can be time-consuming. Time but depending on the format of your show, it could be a very beneficial thing. Um, some people put together podcast networks, like, like this like a little TV network or whatever. It's like all half-dozen of us have a podcast that all talks about a similar concept. So this is like making network, We all link back to each other, and we we'll all cross-post and, and like that. And the reason that they do that is um, Google juice and, and getting more traffic coming, more awareness kind of thing. But again, it's kind of like one of those things that you do. Like, it's like you've already recorded the show. You've already spent all this time doing all these 20 pieces of paper steps on the ground. And, you know, I'm, at this point, rather than spending time bonding and making a network to crossroads, I'd be rather having another beverage. But again, <laughs> it's that promotion part, and it's a great way to get more, more listeners. Uh, you can merchandise t shirts, hats. Um, you can sell, some people sell like, the complete first season on CD. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you do Cafe Press, good start, lots of places do that. Um, you can do affiliate programs. Any of you make money from affiliate programs? <laughs> okay. But you can have like specific stuff. Like if I was smart, right, I'd have a link where you could go like click and buy an M-Audio. Be just like Dave and have an M-Audio and eventually some check would magically show up in my box. I'd rather be recording and drinking. Um, one thing I do in my podcast is sort of like on the, on the verge of selling out is I do some unauthorized product placement. Like, have you, have you ever tried those kettle chips, the beer and cheddar flavor? Oh, it's just so good, right? And I was, record- I was recording, and I had some of those, and I just, you know, I started talking a lot about the the, the wonder, trying to describe the nuance of the kettle Chips. And I was like, damn, they are getting some wicked publicity. And it turns out they're starting a little blogging stuff. I think I might have to drop them a note and see if I, you know, if I can get a free case of chips. But I've also done this with some other, um, I have a relationship with a magazine. I talk about their magazine, working in the conversation sometimes, just so I can get free stuff. Every month they send me a box of free shit. Uh, um, Fund drives, some people do like the NPR style fund drives. On this episode, great, once you, we collect $3,000, we'll stop talking about the money that we need and we'll go back to our regular programming. <laughs> um, but like I mentioned, the free stuff. i um, asking people for free stuff. I do a Canucks podcast. I said, geez, wouldn't someone out there like me to go to a Canucks game for them? Lo and behold, there I was. Last Saturday, the Atlanta Trashers game 09. Thanks to a fan uh, in Atlanta who wanted, wanted to me. To see this and then a thrasher. So I went, all I had to buy was beers. Um, and again, with the magazine, like this t shirt, got a free t shirt, got a free scarf, got all kinds of free stuff, free rolling papers. Uh, so the fourth P of podcasting, after all that, is really partying on. Because if you've gotten this far, you have done really something pretty significant that uh, you know, that really is, and, and not to get all fancy about this here, but you've, you've made a commitment to add something to the collective consciousness, and you have made it some sort of art to this. Parting on, upgrade your audio, listen inside home recording. Derek Miller and his friend do a podcast, um, and it tells you recording tips. Um, you can get all techie with that. And you start asking for free tickets. This is something some podcasters up there do very well, where they, they contact the band that's coming to town and say, we'll come to your show, and we'll do an interview with you. And all we yes. want is some free tickets, free beers, et cetera. Radio. Great reviews, and um, get people to put reviews and feedback on iTunes. They have a little thing where you can put in stars and, and uh, comments and stuff. Um, I have some tips about interviewing well that I'm not going to talk about if anyone is dying. to know the secrets of my interview technique? I have a couple of them. Um, Come talk to me later. Again, be proud that you have done this and celebrate your achievements. Most importantly, enjoy what you're doing. And that is the end. Thank you very much. (laughs) 15 seconds for questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'll let you take care of that. I'll pick up your... Don't I get a roadie? Oh, uh, well, if you want, all right. Questions, anybody? Go ahead, call We were going to talk about um, how people can make money. Affiliate uh, programs, fund drives, merchandising. Have you ever heard of anybody trying to sell a podcast? They it that way? Selling it in what way? Selling like the intellectual property? Well, yeah, like if you want to listen to that to something. Paid subscriber model. Yeah, the paid subscriber model, I think that's a waste of everyone's time, honestly. I think that's a way to have your subscriber level drop significantly. I've also heard of ones doing, like, there's a free feed, but there's also, like, the members-only feed. And I'm selling art. I'm not selling porn, so I just, you know, it's all free to the people. <laughs> but it, it is an example, and, and I, I, I joked about XM and Cirrus Radio doing that, but some of those, you know, unlimited bandwidth. Uh, Radio content providers are making arrangements to reaggregate content, and I think there's more money to be made re-aggregating it to a bunch of different providers for other uh, formats than trying to uh, charge people. So I've thought about doing kind of like a subscription thing, like that people could send me, you know, five bucks a month just out of the good of their heart, but I'm not going to restrict my content based on that. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm just not cynical enough to do that. <laughs> Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. or you just it's all about you you be in here so Most of the conferences are yeah. running today. For you to go and explain your expertise and help people learn? Yeah, I'll pay for the code. It doesn't work. I have to for to go help them do this so 15 years. It's to take a at a to hey thank you now that out I do the data on I going to a, a Slide there, We you to get this through customs Yeah. That's easy. do